Today we're going to have fun this morning. Is this okay? Are you allowed to have fun in church? Yeah? Okay, good. So I'm in the right place then. Today we're going to go to the book of Acts. And um, we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 10. But before that, I'd like to give some background. Okay? Can we do that? Sure. So let's see. How long ago was the book of Acts? 2,000 years ago. So, okay, church, just for a few minutes, I'm going to take you to a time machine. We're going back 2,000 years ago. So can you imagine 2,000 years ago, there is no more smartphones. Might as well put it in the closet. No smartphones, no computers, no cars. To come to church, you had to walk a few miles or if you had a donkey. So you hop on the donkey and come. Now, if you're a little bit doing better, you have a camel. So can you imagine you're at your home and you want to come to church? So you bring the camel and you come all the way here and you park your camel just outside there. <laughs> now, if you were wealthy, you had the Mercedes of those days. You had a beautiful horse and you can gallop and all the way and come here and park it. Oh, there's no other side. On that side. <laughs> Can you imagine? Everything is plenty of time. Everything is manana. Everything can take time. There's no stress, no traffic. Isn't that wonderful? No phones, no nothing. And just take your time, plenty of time for fellowship. So does it mean now I can preach for three hours? <laughs> no, no, I won't do that. So... Now we are, we just saw Jesus, Yeshua, being resurrected, and everybody was excited after they saw him on the cross dying, buried, and the third day he rose up and he showed up to the, his disciples. And then what was his instructions? He said, go up to Galilee, wait for me there, but then... I want you to go back to Jerusalem and wait till the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. So this happened in Acts chapter 2. They counted from Pesach, Passover, they counted 50 days. Why did they count 50 days? Well, we as Jews, from Passover, Pesach, we count 7 weeks, 49 days, and on the 50 day, we call it Shavuot, which you call it Pentecost, we call it the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. And there we celebrate, we bring our offerings to the temple, and we give it to, to God. And so, the, those disciples, they met Yeshua in, in Galilee, and then they went back to Jerusalem, and here they were in Acts chapter 2, all they were doing what is, after they brought the offerings to the temple, they were worshiping and praying together. And in Acts chapter 2, he said, they were all in one accord, one heart, worshiping the Lord. And what happened? The Holy Spirit fell upon them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Wow. Would it be wonderful, in, as I, I just heard, that you all, a few churches are coming together to pray together. I'm like, wow, 
This is wonderful. Praying together to reach for the lost. Amen? May the Holy Spirit fall again. Amen? Like it did in Acts chapter 2. And then we hear that as the Holy Spirit fell, then Peter went and, and all, the, all the Jews around you that in Jerusalem, when they heard that, they thought they were drunk. But he stood there and gave a beautiful sermon. And in the end, what happened? 3,000 souls accepted Jesus and became believers. 3,000 Jewish Israeli. Later on, we hear again that 5,000, more 5,000 Israelis came to faith. And the church, well, I shouldn't use the word church because in those days, the word church did not exist. So I would say the congregation grew and grew and grew and more Jews and more Jews have come to faith. Well, if we stop here for a moment, do you remember what was the instructions that Jesus gave them? He said, wait till the Holy, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then when the, once the Holy Spirit comes upon you, just go to Jacksonville Beach and enjoy the beach. <laughs> no, that wasn't the instruction. What was the instruction? Go. And do what? Oh, go and have a cup of coffee in downtown Jacksonville. No. What was the instruction? Go and preach the gospel from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. Did they do that? No. Not first. So things, things is rolling and then we are coming to Acts chapter 9. What happens in Acts chapter 9? Well, now I'd like to see if we can put the map on the, on the TV. On the, um, in Acts chapter 9, there was the city Jaffa. You see down there, in the middle, you have the city of Jaffa. We say uh, Yafo in Hebrew. It's a port city. It's a beautiful city. Why? Because I was born there. That's why. <laughs> it's a beautiful city. Now, Jaffa today is together with Tel Aviv as one city. But Tel Aviv is only 110 years old. So 2,000 years ago, the city of Tel Aviv did not exist. There was only the port of Jaffa. Now, what was so special about Jaffa? Okay. Well, um, do you remember the prophet Jonah? Yes. When was the last time you read the prophet Jonah? Never mind. You don't have to answer. So, the prophet of Jonah, he lived on the north by near Nazareth, by the Sea of Galilee. You see up there? A small lake. I know for you it's a small lake, but for us we call it the Sea of Galilee. It's Kinneret. Okay, so Jonah lived up there in the Galilee, beautiful area, and God told Jonah to do what? He told him to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel to them. Where's Nineveh? Well, Nineveh is for us like Timbuktu. Nineveh is basically going north towards Damascus, going to Syria and Iraq. Now, who lived? Who are the people who lived in Nineveh? Well, they were Assyrians, they were Iraqis, they were, I mean, they were pagans. So what did the prophet Jonah say? No way, God. I'm not going to go to Nineveh, to Timbuktu. I, if, if you want to send me, send me to Jerusalem to speak to the king. That's the way I should go. 
he, he said no to God. So instead of just going a little bit up, he said, no way, Jose, I'm going just the opposite way. And he went down to Jaffa. Why? Because he said, from Jaffa, I'll take the airplane and go west. And that's exactly what he did. From Jaffa, this was, Jaffa was the gate to go to, to the nations, to Greece, to Italy, to Europe. From there, they took the ship to go out. So basically, the prophet Jonah said no to God. He refused to go and preach the gospel to those Gentiles. So what did God say to him? Okay, Jonah, you don't want to go where I'm asking you to go? That's okay, no problem. I have a big fish waiting for you. <laughs> and I promise after three days in the big fish bellies, you're going to call me and I will answer you. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. After three days, if you are in the, in the fish belly, you will call God too. And he made it to Nineveh, and he did preach. What, what did he preach? Repent. Repent. And they did. So what was the lesson God was teaching the prophet Jonah, this Jewish-Israeli prophet? What was he teaching him? That God loves the Jewish people, yes, but not only the people of Israel. He loves also the nations. Amen? Amen. Jaffa. Now, another story. King Solomon. King Solomon built a temple in Jerusalem. Now, he needed wood, good wood for the temple. So what did he do, King Solomon? He was a wise man, so he had a wise phone. And he called the king of Lebanon and said, send me some cedar wood. So the king of Lebanon said, no problem. How much wood do you need? Okay, no problem. I'm sending it FedEx, no problem. So he sent it from Lebanon all the way to the port of Jaffa. And from the port of Jaffa, they brought it up to King Solomon. And King Solomon called Jaffa the port of Jerusalem. Why? Because Jerusalem doesn't have a port. Jerusalem is a little bit, go to the right. It's not in the map. Yeah, it is right there. See the star there? Jerusalem is more southeast of Jaffa. So we know that King Solomon called Jaffa the port of Jerusalem. So now we are coming to Acts chapter 9. And what do we hear about Acts chapter 9? That there is a beautiful lady by the name of Tabitha, Dorcas. Very wonderful Jewish woman, very well known. She did the great things. And guess what? She died. So when she died, so the people from Jaffa called Peter on the cell phone, said, Peter, you're in Jerusalem. Come down to Jaffa. We need you. Tabitha died, and we need you to come and pray for her. He said, no problem. So he took his nice car. No, forgot. I'm with 2,000 years back. Let's go back. He took his camel, and he went down from Jerusalem all the way to Jaffa. And what did he do? He prayed. He prayed for her. And what happened? God resurrected from the dead. And they had a big revival in the port of Jaffa. Hallelujah. And more Jews coming to salvation. So far, so good? Yeah. Yes, but what was the instructions? Go and preach the gospel from Ju Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So here we are in Jaffa. And then we hear about this city called 
Caesarea. Now, where is Caesarea? Caesarea is a little bit north of Jaffa along the coast. Now, Caesarea is not a Jewish city. Caesarea is what? After the name of who? Caesar. Now, in the time of Jesus, Caesarea was the headquarters of the Roman army, the, the Roman navy, the headquarters. You can call it the Italian Pentagon if you want. Okay? And they had there a big temple for Zeus. In other words, this was not a clean city. Jews didn't go there. If they went there, they become unclean. Okay? And definitely, uh, unless you are a merchant and you are selling goods to the Romans, making business, then it's okay. But otherwise, Jews didn't go there unless they were in chain <laughs> going to jail and spend their time in jail in Caesarea. Now, so it's interesting. We have Jaffa, a Jewish city, the port city, the gateway to the nations, but also the port of entry to the country. And then we have Caesarea, which is a city that is by the, controlled by the Romans, dedicated to Caesar and to their god Zeus, and definitely not a clean city. Now, something happens in Jaffa that puts those two cities together, Caesarea, Jaffa, Yafo, and Caesarea, Caesarea. So I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff. He's going to come and read to us Acts chapter 10 from verse 1 to 16. And while he's doing that, um, I'm going to um, get ready because I'm going to have a small drama. Is this okay? Yes. And I'm going to portray Peter. And I will explain after he reads the scripture. And then he will come back and follow the second, the second uh, verses. So first, I will ask Pastor Jeff to read from uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 16. If you have your Bibles, follow along with me. This is, as Avi said, Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 16. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. And the angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Yafo to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and he sent them to Yafo. About noon... The following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. 
Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Thank you very much. So, I'm going to portray Peter as a traditional Jewish guy who holds his traditions and, and his culture. And I'm going, to Peter, I'm going to be Peter praying on the roof. And just as he just read, I'm going to explain that. Okay? So, I'm on the rooftop. And if you've ever been in Jaffa, how many of you have been in Israel, by the way? Wow. Okay, okay, Pastor Jeff, we need to get a tour to Israel here. Amen. We need all of you to come to Jaffa. It's a beautiful city, beautiful city. In fact, uh, when you uh, come to this, this old small t- town, Jaffa, which is now connected to Tel Aviv, it's a port city, and when you stand there and you stand on the rooftop, you look down, what do you see? You see the port and all the fishermen. So you can see Peter standing there while they were preparing food, and he was getting impatient. Is the food ready? They said, no, it takes time. Oh, they haven't po- opened the drive-in McDonald's yet here in Jaffa. <laughs> no pizza hut, something like that, Domino's pizza? Okay, not yet. Okay, so while they're preparing food, and it takes time, he's on the rooftop looking down at the port, enjoying watching the fishermen. What was Peter? A lawyer? A judge? No, he was a simple fisherman. So here he is on the rooftop praying. Okay? So I'm going to be Peter for a moment. I'm going to pray and do my prayers. And I'm going to ask you not to disturb me. This is very important. This is our traditions. This is the way we pray. Please don't disturb me while I'm praying. Okay? Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Suddenly I see a vision, a white sheet with wild animals on it, and a voice say, kill and eat. And as a good Jew, I say, no way, Jose. That's, that's unclean. That's not kosher. That cannot be God. You know what? I don't like this spot. I'm going to go to this the other spot on the other side, far away from that spot. This is ridiculous. This cannot be God. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. In Yeshua's name. Sorry. I'm going to continue my prayers, and I'm going to ask nobody, please don't disturb my traditions, okay, my culture. אדוני, שמע ישראל, אדוני אלוהי, אדוני אחד, ואהבת אדוני אלוהיך בכל לבבך. Again, the second time, the same vision, white sheet with wild animals, and a voice say, kin and eat. 
this is ridiculous. This is unheard of. This is cannot be. We, we don't, we, we, according to the scriptures and according to the traditions, we eat only clean food. So we cannot eat bacon. Sorry, it's not kosher. I don't know about this spot. I think I'm going to come back here. This is the good spot here. This is the holy spot right here. I'm going to pray and hopefully nobody will disturb me this time. Serious business. Very serious business. I don't know about this. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Hechad. Not again. Third time. This is crazy. How could this be? I've never touched unclean, unclean food, unclean animals. It's not kosher. But three times. What is God saying here? I don't understand. But he told me not to call unclean. The, I guess he's talking about people. But what does this have to do with it? I don't understand. So while Peter is wondering, this vision he received three times, and a voice speaking him three times the same message, at the fourth time, the Holy Spirit speaks to him, I'm sending a Roman soldier from Cornelius, from Caesarea. He's almost at your door. Doubt nothing. I've sent him. You go with him. Oy vavoy, oy vavoy. What have I done? That's impossible. You know, in those days, if you're an Israeli, and somebody comes and knocks on your door, knock, 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 and you see a Roman soldier at the door, this was not good news. This was bad news. What am I talking about? It's like living in Russia when the communists were in charge, and the KGB is on your door at midnight knocking on the door, saying, we're looking for Mr. So-and-so, come out. And you think, uh-oh, what have I done? They're going to take me to Siberia. I'm not, never going to see my family again. <laughs> well, that's the situation here. A Roman soldier door, knocking, looking for Peter. In fact, the people there were in, where he was staying, Simon the Tanner, they were like, when they opened the door, they probably opened a small window at the door, and they saw a Roman soldier that's like, wait a minute, hey, Peter. Stop praying. Calm down. There's a Roman soldier waiting for you, looking for you. You better go and talk to them. I don't know what you have done, but we have nothing to do with that. You go and talk to him. <laughs> and it's like, Peter, I haven't done anything. I am. I'm dealing with God with these tra- three crazy visions I get. <laughs> but God told me that nothing. Okay. Let me open the door. Yes, Roman soldier. I'm Peter. What's the problem? Well, reread the rest of the story. If you will read from verse um, 17 to 33. Okay? (laughs) While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. 
So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one whom you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Jaffa went along. And the following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet, at Peter's feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Yafo for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Thank you. So, here's Peter coming into this city, this unclean city called Jacksonville, sorry, Caesarea. (laughs) And this Capitan, Italian, now usually Jews, when they see a Capitan on a horse, they take a distance. And this guy is coming down and falling on his knees. And Peter's like, what are you doing? We Jews don't worship man. We worship God. Get up. And Cornelius is telling him the story. And then he said, yeah, yeah. uh, God gave me a a vision of a vessel. And and in fact, he did it three times to get my attention. And uh, I know that I should not call any man unclean, unkosher. Now, why am I saying this? Let me, let me stop you for a second. Have you ever met or seen an Orthodox Jew? Well, they are, they are here in Jacksonville. There's about seven different Jewish synagogues and Chabad's in Jacksonville, just in case you don't know. One of them is Orthodox. So let's say you meet an Orthodox Jewish person, and you're very nice to him and said, you know what? I love Israel. I love the Jewish people. I'd like to invite you over for dinner in my house. And that's nice, right? Guess what they will tell you? Merci beaucoup. Danke schön. Thank you very much. But I, we can't. Thank you. Why? Not because your food is not good. It's because you're not kosher. What does it mean? How many of you know what kosher means? You know, that you don't have like cheeseburger, meat and cheese together. That's not clean. Okay, you don't have bacon. Okay, but it's more than that. For the Orthodox Jews at home, They have two sets of kitchens. 
one for milk products and one for meat products. And God forbid if you mix the two. Oh, yo, 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 you're causing problems. This is very serious. So that's why even today, if you ask Orthodox person, Jewish person to come to your home to eat, he will say, thank you very much. He will decline it because according to him, you are not keeping kosher. So the same thing here. Peter is like, you know how it is unlawful for me to come to Caesarea and come to your house and sit with you and eat? Oy vey! What have I done? But God called me not to call you unclean. Hallelujah. So he got, after three times, he got, he got the message. But still, he's like, okay, I'm here. What do you want from me? He still doesn't have the full picture. So, this precious man, Cornelius, he goes and explains him, you know, here he is, a non-Jew, Gentile, Italian, who loves the God of Israel. Wow. So can you imagine Peter standing, wow, you, you want to tell me you don't go to your temple right here, the temple of Zeus right here? No, 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 I, I love the God of Israel. Really? Wow. You must be a very special guy. Wow. And also, I love Israel and I help the poor. And Wow. And while I was praying, an angel appeared to me. Excuse me, what did you say? When was the last time an angel appeared to you, lady? Let's not talk about it. But <laughs> Peter was in shock. An angel? The angel of God? Appear to this Gentile, unclean, Italian, my enemy. Ooh. Ooh, that's too much. Okay. Okay. Well, God said not to call anyone unclean. In fact, God the fourth time spoke to me that I should come to Caesarea. That you send people. So... It has to be God. Okay. Okay, God. Okay. Okay, what should I do? Well, we're all here. Look, I brought everybody here. We're all here. Wow, Cornelius, you are something. You're a man of influence. You brought all your neighbors, all your family. The house is full. Wow. Well, that's good because... Uh, I wasn't sure about coming here, so I have my Jewish uh, friends, my Jewish friends, my bodyguards from Jaffa, and they just brought, just in case there's a problem, and they brought their weapons with them to be my bodyguard in case it's an ambush, because we Jews don't trust you, the Italians. But there is, must be a reason that you're here and Cornelius says, we're all here to hear, to tell us, explain us. Oh, yes, I can do that. I'm a good teacher. Oh, I love this. Uh, let me explain to you and, and teach you, you Italians, because you don't have the background and, and the roots and the, and the traditions and the, and the heritage we have. So let me explain you and teach you from the New Testament. Was the New Testament... Written by them? No, of course not. So where was he teaching from? Oh, I know from the Quran. Oh, man. 
you're messed up. The Quran was written 800 years later, it's a total bunch of lies. The truth is, <laughs> he was teaching them from the Old Testament. Well, let me just give a small correction. We Jews don't like to call it the Old Testament because it's not the proper way. We call it Tanakh. Why? Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim. Torah, the five books of Moses, the instructions, Nevi'im, the prophets, Ketuvim, the writings. We call it the Holy Scriptures because it's the Holy Scriptures given by God to us. And it's all been fulfilled into the new covenant that Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, came to fulfill. Amen? Amen. So there is no old and new. There is one Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures that was prophesied, fulfilled in the New Covenant. Brit Hadashah, which is the same word for us, the New Testament. Amen? Amen? So Peter is doing what? He's explaining, indeed. I know Peter, verse 34. As Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Hallelujah. He got it. In the kingdom of God, there is no first class, second class. In the kingdom of God, we're all first class. You're first class, lady. Isn't that wonderful? We're all first class in the kingdom of God. Is that wonderful? So from now on, every time you go like to fly, say, I'm first class. Please put me in first class. Well, I don't know if it's going to work, but, but in the kingdom of God, it is. We're all first class. Amen. So he got it, Peter, that before God, we're all equal. And then he says this, that in every nation, whoever fears him, verse 35, and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God say, sent to the children of Israel, preaching shalom, peace through Jesus Christ, through Yeshua the Messiah, is Lord of all. Wow, listen to this. Until now... All the disciples and the apostles and the Jewish people and all the thousands of Jews who came to the Lord, they saw Yeshua as the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach as the Messiah, the anointed one, and they saw him as the king of the Jews. But now, what is he saying? Wow, now I see the big picture. He's not only the king of the Jews, but he's the Lord of... Oh. Are you included in that? Yes. I don't know, Jacksonville. Caesarea, I don't know. Timbuktu, I don't know. Yes! He's Lord of all. You're all welcome. Welcome to the family, Mishpacha. In Hebrew, Mishpacha is family. So he get it. So now, Peter, he's having the great time of his life. He's preaching. He's having a great time. And while he's preaching and having a great time, the Holy Spirit comes. And interrupts. Oy vey. You know what? The Holy Spirit is welcome to interrupt every meeting we have come together. Amen? So while he's preaching, listen to this. While he's preaching, the Holy Spirit what? Falls upon them. And the, the, his bodyguards, remember his bodyguards, the Jewish bodyguards? They're probably standing just in attention, just in case there's a problem. they listening to Peter preaching, and they watch the people, and then they hear them doing what? Speaking in tongues? No. 
No way. No way, Jose. If the Holy Spirit will fall, it will fall only in my church in Jerusalem. Not in Caesarea. Yes, the Holy Spirit fell. And those guys, those bodyguards, those Jewish bodyguards from Jaffa had to get Peter's attention, saying to Peter, Peter, stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm having a great time. What do you mean? Stop. Why? They're speaking in tongues. No. They're speaking in tongues. I have to hear it. They are speaking in tongues. Oh, Vavoy. What has happened here? This is incredible. Wait a minute. This is totally against our tradition. This is against our understanding. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop. According to our ways, if you want the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is what you need to do. Are you ready? First of all, you have to follow Jesus for three years. For three years, you have to follow and go wherever he sleeps on the field, whatever he does, whatever he eats or doesn't eat. You have to be there for three years and follow Jesus. And then you have to see him taken and being crucified and by the Romans and put on the cross and die. And then you have to wait for his resurrection. And after he's resurrected, you're excited. Then he had to go back to the north in Galilee and wait till she shows up. And then he sends you and you come 50 days from Passover to Shavuot, Pentecost. And there after this, after all these years and after all these days you counted, now you're ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is our traditions. You have to work hard for this. What is this? How can this be hope? How can this be possible? <laughs> what do you think? I'll tell you what I think. God, the Father, together with Jesus, Yeshua, sitting on his right hand, when they saw Peter preaching to those Italians, to these pagans who have their heart they came with such an open heart to hear Peter and learn more about God. They came with such a humble heart. They came with such, they were so hungry. They were starving to know more about God. They are fed up with Zeus. They are fed up with, with all the gods that of the Greeks and the Italians. They just want to know God. They wanted to hear something good. They want to know. They want, they want to come to the kingdom of God. They came with such a hunger that the God the Father and Jesus, our Lord and Savior, saw that. They said, this is people after my own heart. Let's, let's bless them. Boom. And they received the Holy Spirit, and it astonished even Peter and the Jewish, the Jewish bodyguards that came with him. Amen? Because right after this, when people realized it, he said, uh, well, can anyone forbid water? Those should be baptized? Well, well, wait, wait a minute. This can we have to baptize them? Hey, come on, come on, guys. Okay, you already speak in tongues. You all already have the Holy Spirit. Come, stay in line, in order. Come on, come on. Hey, you guys, come on, baptize them. We have to do this quickly. And they baptized them in water. And Peter even stayed in Jacksonville. So in Caesarea for a few days and ate with them. Oh, yo, 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 yo. Now you think I'm teasing you? 
I'm not. Because after all these wonderful things happen in Caesarea, in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now the apostles and the brethren in, who were in Judea and Jerusalem heard that the Gentiles, the Italians in Caesarea, also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him. And what did they say to him? You went into the uncircumcised men and you ate with them. Shame on you. We Jews are good in that. Shame on you. You're unclean. In fact, now I'm paraphrasing. I'm making fun, okay? In fact, Peter, you're unclean now. You have to go to the temple Take a sacrifice. Go to the temple and be immersed, baptized. And after you have done this, then you can come and talk to us. How dare you to go to Caesarea and talk to these unclean people? So what did Peter say? He said, wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute, assembly. All the apostles and the disciples, please hear me what I have to say. And he tells them what happened in Jaffa, the vision God gave him. And then when he went to Caesarea, what happened there? And when they heard all this, what did the apostles say in Jerusalem? Indeed, Jesus, Yeshua, is Lord of all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is that wonderful? God loves us, and it doesn't matter if you come from a Jewish background or a Christian background. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, if you're old or young. God is a loving Father. And He wants that no one shall perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Amen? God is so good. Amen? So I give God the glory for Peter, because Peter heard the Lord. Not only heard the Lord, he obeyed the Lord. And he said, yes, Lord, I will go wherever you sent me, and I will preach the good news and preach the kingdom wherever you tell me, because I want your will be done as it is in heaven. So be it right here on earth, right here in Jacksonville, Florida. So, Abba Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for Peter. I want to thank you that he said, yes, Lord. And he said, no to the tradition of man. He said, yes, Lord, I will go and be your living testimony. I'll preach the good news. And I'll bring and snatch from the hands of the enemy more and more people for the kingdom of God. Because this is your heart, that no one should perish, but have everlasting life. So, Lord, I want to thank you for Peter. I want to thank you for his heart, that he was a man that totally was committed to follow you, Jesus. He was committed to obey you, no matter what the circumstances. He was willing to step out of the boat and walk on water, when nobody else did except Jesus. I want to thank you, Lord, for Peter for his commitment to you, to serve you, and be a living testimony wherever he goes.
So, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters right here in Maranatha Church, here in Jacksonville, Florida. And I bless them for their open heart to see and hear firsthand what you're doing in Israel today. Lord, we live in exciting times. Exciting times in which we see Jewish people, we see Arab people in all the Middle East coming to the Savior, to the knowledge of Yeshua like we have never seen before. So Lord, we do say, Baruch Haba, Adonai. Blessed are you.